and welcome back to Fully Equipped. Golf.com's Jonathan Wall here. Joined as always by my partners in crime, Andrew Tursky from Golf.com and Chris McCormick from TruSpec. Guys, we have a new Masters winner, Hideki Matsuyama. I, I would say that this is going to rival – it's going to rival Tiger's win in 97 in terms of interest. You know, that, that generated a ton of interest across the world. We're talking about one of the biggest hotbeds in the globe in Japan. What do you think? Is, is it going to be as, as big as I'm thinking or, or no? I think so. I think it's uh, it's probably the, the best case scenario as far as generating global interest and putting even more of a spotlight on golf. I think that was uh, was probably one of the more gracious wins we've seen in, in quite some time and didn't do anything except help to elevate uh, the perception of the sport and at least, if nothing else, get somebody that might not have been interested maybe looking into it just to, if nothing else, like I said, watch that clip, watch that, uh, that bow to the golf course, the appreciation, the gratitude. I think it's nothing but good for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well said. I think, uh, you know, it's the masters. It's one of the, the biggest stages in golf and sports in general. And they were saying that with Hideki winning the masters, he might be like lighting the Olympic flame or something like that. I mean, what a stage that would be for golf and for Hideki. And I mean, what a great win all, all the way around. I'm kind of sad that the masters is over. It's one of the saddest, saddest it weeks to be sure. a golf fan. So that kind of hurts, but Hideki getting the win. It's also great for gearheads, man. He's got one of the best Scotty Cameron collections according to Scotty Cameron himself. So that's pretty cool. Very cool yeah. for us. The, the come down after Masters week is is never good. Um, yep. I loved the shot of Hideki catching a 6.30 a.m. flight from Atlanta to Chicago, likely <laughs> from there back to Japan, just chilling in the airport by himself, scrolling through his phone, likely looking at, at text messages from, from the day prior with the green jacket draped over one of the chairs in the terminal. It's just... It's kind of like an everyman photo, except for the fact that he has a green jacket there. It's we, We've all been there for the 6.30 a.m. flight. Sans green jacket, of course. If I'm walking through the airport and I see a green jacket, I don't know. I would, like, faint. I'd be like, is this guy serious? I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure if you could try it on. <laughs> no, no, you can't disrespect the green far? jacket like that. You can't touch yeah. it before winning it. It's Especially like any other trophy. COVID world. Yeah, exactly. Can't do that in COVID exactly. world. I'm sure there I, were I a couple people who thought uh, they were plotting they were plotting on grabbing that thing, though. I'm sure. I will admit that uh, about a month month plus back, when I was at Dallas National with Bryson, he brought the U.S. Open trophy. Mm -hmm. I held it, so never won in that one. But not like I was ever <laughs> going to qualify for the U.S. Open anyway. So uh, U.S. Open is impossible to qualify for. You got to yeah, be so good just to even qualify so, to be qualified. Just you know, just like, to go from lo from local to sectionals. I mean, is is crazy difficult to do. Um, I know a couple of guys that, that have done it before, but but yeah, the the quality of competition once you get to sectionals, which is right on the doorstep of qualifying for the US Open. I mean, you're playing with guys that have won PGA Tour events. It's, uh, it, you know, that's, that's when you start to get to the guys that you watch on television. So it, it is very difficult. But one of the things that Chris mentioned, you know, the, the ending to that tournament, which I thought was the perfect end, was Hideki's caddy, bowing to the golf course you know mm -hmm. show, showing respect to the golf course it's it's a great way to cap a uh a, an awesome week for the sport you know we had we had fans returning to the masters kind of felt like there was some sense of normalcy for the event but it's 
it's in massive contrast to what happened at the beginning of the week. Now, this I would I would venture a guess to say this is probably one of the darkest moments for for the equipment industry. You know, we're we're used that we're used to an industry where where you know companies are, are gonna advertise. They, we've we've seen, you know, I remember years back TaylorMade during the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, they had all the guys on 17 rolling through all the AMs wearing yellow bucket hats. Do you all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a kind of a cool way to, to you know, to rep your brand and to, to get it on, on the global stage. You know, have guys show up on the tee on one of the most iconic par threes in the world wearing a yellow bucket hat. It's, it's impossible to miss. This, this is a little bit different. So if you didn't get a chance to see the ceremonial tee shots on Thursday, this was really the first chance for, for Augusta to, to honor Lee Elder. You know, Lee Elder was the first black man to play in the Masters. He's there on the first tee, you know, did not hit a tee shot just based on his, his current health conditions. But he was there and he got a really warm welcome from all the patrons around the first tee. Um, only Gary Player and Jack Nicholas were there to hit the tee shots. But as Lee Elder is receiving this, this warm round of applause from the crowd, Wayne Player, who is one of Gary Player's sons, is standing in the background with a sleeve of encore golf balls, just at about chest height. Absolutely disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It's guerrilla marketing at its worst. Um, a lot of people picked up on it, especially some journalists who called out Wayne Player. Um, Encore of you know claims that they had no idea what was going on. You know you can never tell nowadays. You know if 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 a company just got caught, or if they really didn't know. But but why is Wayne Player putting a sleeve of golf balls at his chest height if he's not getting anything for it? You know Listen, I mean? market marketing is a tough game. It's it's tough to get your company out there, but now was not the time to do that. Just absolutely gross. What a beautiful moment it was, and to do that is just. I mean, there's no words to describe that. And I'm pretty sure yeah. he was banned from Augusta. Did I see that? That's yeah. what I heard. Okay. Yeah. As well, he should be. Great move by to, Augusta doing that. Great yeah, move. Definitely. It, we'll we'll never get any any confirmation. At least not until till next year's event. But. According to Wayne's brother Mark, he uh, he commented on a on a tweet that Kyle Porter from CBS had sent out and, and basically confirmed that that Wayne had been banned from Augusta going forward. It's it's the right move, um, just a really rough way to to kind of kick off the week. But um, again, just just in contrast to the end of the tournament in in the bow, it's just it's crazy. Just from, can't from do it. Different start. Yeah, you can't. Just can't, can't do, do it. it. Read the room yeah. one time for me. <laughs> like, good point. seriously good point yeah. such a great human moment and he just ruins it with stupid marketing i mean the moment was still great it didn't like you know completely take away from it but come on wayne come on bud <laughs> he, he he he's gotten in some trouble before um he's he's the same wayne player who uh i guess he had he was running out um Running out of house in Augusta again, the Masters. It's, it seems to be his uh, his mo, and uh, and there was a check that there was a check that he had I guess sent that bounced, and he claimed he he had no idea about it. So yeah, this is this is a guy who doesn't really have any moral scruples, but 
Um, can't say I'm really surprised, but but again, just just the the fact that the moment happened there on the first tee during the ceremonial first tee shot with Lee Elder there, it's it, it is it's disgusting. I'm um, happy Lee Elder got his flowers, and I'm happy Augusta gave him that platform, though. Yes, let's take I, the positives I, I, I away from it's yeah. it's long over it's long overdue that that Lee Elder got got that kind of a, a spotlight on him, and it was it was great to see um, a spotlight that I'm sure a couple of guys probably wished wasn't placed on them. One was Billy Horschel. Did you see him Woo. go absolutely ballistic <laughs> on his wedge? My goodness. I, I mean, mean, there's so I, much uproar about it. It's not like that big of a deal though. It's not that big of a deal, but I mean, I mean, he looked it, crazy, but he, you know, he was, he was, golf. he was, he was pretty heated. There. That, that was one that, that got people a little bit fired up. The other one was Siwoo Kim putting with a three wood. <laughs> This this is this is one that I think we've probably all been there before. Although I can't say it's because I uh, I snapped my putter. I've you absolutely done that. that before. I have. Really? Okay. See, yeah. I I, don't, I guess I just don't have that kind of like anger in me to snap my putter. I'm a pretty crappy putter as it is. I I, I know my lane. I stay in it. Sometimes when things get, go really bad, I'll pull out a wedge. Um, see, Wu, if you miss it on Friday afternoon, he's humming along he's four under on the day playing well and he gets to 15 and this is coming off of off of 14 where he hit a shot behind the hole ends up having a putt that rolls past has a really nasty lip out gets to 15 rip tee shot second shot over the back chips onto the green past the flag it settles right on the edge of the green not not a bad shot from back there i can attest it is tough to get up and down from the back side of 15 we know you um, played augusta yeah, yeah, Wall, I'm, just, okay. I'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw it out there just gotta throw it out there um and siwoo loses it he slams his putter down into the ground and what happens next he's got a putt with the three wood i i would say this was a poor choice of club. I three wood for me still has that hot titanium face. I, I just I don't know. I'm, I'm going lob wedge, hitting it from the you know center of the golf ball right off that leading edge. That's my usual play. What are you guys going for? If you're Siwoo Kim in this spot, are you taking three wood or are you going with a different club? Well, I've been in this spot before. It was in in college. It was on like the ninth green. I had just three putted coming off like three bogeys. Know where you're at, Tursky. I was hot. I was really, really mad. And I missed like a four footer and I go to hit my foot with the putter, like with the putter head. And I kind of missed my foot and I got the shaft and the shaft just like super bent. So <laughs> I got to play the entire back nine uh, with no putter. I never even thought about a driver or a three wood or a long iron. I went right, right to the lob wedge. Like when you're growing up and you're hitting chip shots on a green or you're playing a competition with a buddy, it's like, you don't always bring the putter out for those chipping competitions. You just go and you putt with the lob wedge. I mean, I've probably hit more putts with a lob wedge than I have with a putter. <laughs> not that, I mean, I don't practice putting a lot, so it's no wonder why I'm not a great putter. But either way, I think lob wedge is like the easiest way to go about it. You just hit the equator, kind of get that nice top spin, and it rolls pretty well. As soon as I saw Siwoo Kim uh, putting with the fairway, what I, I sent Chris a text. And I think you did some some research on what actually is the best club to use sans putter. I, I did. I uh, I was intrigued by that question, and yeah. I'm I'm like you. I have always historically used a wedge. I 
never even crossed my mind to use anything else. But now we've we've seen a couple of other tour players. Sergio did the same thing, was putting with a fairway wood a while back, if you guys recall. And so that it definitely started to get the wheels turning and beg the question like, okay, so if we take a scientific approach to this, what is the best alternative to a putter? Mm -hmm. And so I started asking some of the instructors at the Rick Smith Academy uh, had an opportunity to ask Rick and was asking uh, some of the players that were running around down here in Doral. I mean, obviously there's no shortage of, of talent here in Doral. There is uh, you know, basically a, a professional on every other stall. It seems like here in the back of the range at the Academy and, and the, there was no general consensus. So, it was all over the place from wedges and three woods and so on and so forth. I got a couple that were driver. So I uh, ended up reaching out to the professor, Mr. Breon, and uh, Breon gave me, as Tim does, the most analytical, <laughs> scientific answer humanly possible. And it Shout was, out to me, B. I absolutely love the guy. Uh, it was driver. He said driver is the most logical choice as it has the least amount of loft it has the highest moi the largest surface area and easiest to control distance no matter where you hit it on the face and also easier to match the most similar uh dynamic loft to that of a putter so after how are you gripping how are you gripping the driver though like, are you holding it out like a driver? Or are you like choking up on it and kind of getting closer to it? Are you using it as a belly putter, as an arm lock? Like, how are you I gripping a driver? You're pretty, far away. You're pretty far away from the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, not a belly putter. I, but. I would assume that there would probably be some <laughs> adjustment for length. If I mean, having never attempted it myself, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but I would assume that there would be some adjustment for length and making a, a putting stroke with just the largest club head in the bag but uh, after listening to tim and having a conversation with him and some of the other instructors like driver fairway wood yeah i could see that being the the logical choice compared to a wedge there's definitely not as much room to hide with a wedge when it comes to you know, lag putting distance control and consistency of just controlling speed with a wedge you miss it a little higher a little low ugh. Yeah. Not quite, uh, not quite the consistency you'd get off of something like a driver or fairway wood. So I'm, I'm intrigued to try this now. Next, uh, next day off, I'm heading to the putting green with a driver, a fairway wood, and a wedge, and just uh, doing some testing myself. I would. I might have I to do have the same. S- I would have so many twenty foot comebackers if I was using a driver. <laughs> I would just be busting it by the hole. I guarantee you. It, that's it, what I would, would think be, too. It'd be awful. Yeah. Oh, I'm, no, I'm dri- trying. Driver would be probably one of the last clubs I would use. Um, or you could just go like, you know, Tiger, you know, he went to a, he went to a longer putter because of, because of his back. But he said that one of the reasons why he went to a longer putter was because he always works on the putting green with a sand wedge, just working on, on just kind of that, that impact consistency, just kind of hitting it along the leading edge. Like we were talking about with a lob wedge. I, I just, Anyway, driver, I can't, I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. 
but you'd like, have to practice that one seriously. Like I think we've all you know we've all do? practiced gotta... putting with the sand wedge before. Who's ever practiced putting with a driver or fairway wood? Like that requires some feel right there. But some people chip with like a fairway wood. You know, when they're off the green, sometimes people do that. That's not my shot though. I always equator with the wedge. So I, I guess it that. depends on it depends on what you've practiced and what your feels are. I guess. You see that a ton out in Phoenix, the uh, the fairway woods and the hybrids on the uh, the really tight lies by the greens, especially when the greens are crowned a little bit. and It's really tight against the grain. You see a lot of guys pulling fairway wood and and hybrid playing those little bump and runs with those clubs. I can, Maybe I, I should get, get that behind, shot in the arsenal. I can get behind that, but only because you got to be a little bit more aggressive coming off of you know, just off the green, you, you're, you're typically you're trying to go up the hill, get it, get it on. I, I can, I can get behind that, but not, not on the bunny green. Can't do it. I say just flop it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you would, you would, I don't have that shot in my bag. Uh, but you, I, I do think Tursky that this calls for, for a test because we, if you, if you didn't check golf.com this week, Oh, by the way, we, we did a fun test. We being Tursky. Yep. that I really want to get into. We we teased this. You know, Michelle We shows up. Michelle We West. Up. Michelle We West, thank you. Shows Put some up. respect on it. Put some respect on, on the West name. <laughs> I, my, my, my apologies. Um, That's on you. That is, that is, that is on me. I'll, 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 I get a mul- I get a mulligan. I don't get as many mulligans as you, Tursky, but, but I'll, I'll take a mulligan this time. Ooh. Um, yeah. Don't you know what we, we were gonna we were gonna talk about this? I was looking so looking forward to getting my my couple minutes of of fame for having Scotty Scheffler beat Colin Morikawa. Guess what? <laughs> no blood, no blood. I can't believe they tied. They it was both. so back and forth the whole time. I was looking I know, at it. I know it was it, that was actually the one thing I was paying attention to as, as Hideki was lapping the field. Yeah. All I cared about is where Scheffler and Morikawa were <laughs> on the leaderboard. So unfortunate. But no blood. It, it, it was no no blood. But we're gonna have anyway. to carry it over to the next major. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll we'll figure it out. Are we gonna still do Scheffler and Morikawa at Kiowa? I th- I think it's just a standing bet at this point until someone wins, right? Yeah. Morikawa, I know you're not gonna pick anyone new anyway, so I might as well. Stick yeah, I mean, with Morikawa. It's, it's, it's auto auto pick. Scotty Scheffler. Just 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 plug and play for every major championship. <laughs> no matter what course, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Until he wins. Can, can I make a comment here? Yes, 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 please do. My pick, Louis Oosthuizen, T26. Ooh. Just saying. Wait, what Just did he saying. finish at? He was one under or he was even? Uh, One under. Okay, so we all tied? Yeah, we all tied. Jeez. We're one all super mediocre tied. with our picks. That's yeah. what that means. I will we say gotta be that. Better. It, who did you take with your sleeper last week, Tersey? Like for the golf.com picks? Yeah. Uh, I took Ian Poulter. Okay. I th- I took, I'm pretty sure I took he made Mark, the cut. I took Mark Leishman. Did you? That's a yeah. smart pick. Leish always shows up at the Masters, like every year. Yeah. He's just he's, one of those he's guys. Re- he's really strong. Like the last, I think, four years, he's finished inside the top 20, like three out of the last four. He's He was a he was a strong he was a strong choice, but I, I was kind of hoping that he was going to make a run on Sunday and um, he was. Did you, did you see his odds? Plus fifteen thousand. Oh my 000. god! Wow. He's a friend of the show, right? He's been on this uh, podcast. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Mark Leishman. Friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, but we'll we'll get back to the to your testing because this this is this is a fun one. So, 
Michelle Wee West. There you go. There we go. She was uh, she was spotted using an eleven wood, a Callaway Rogue eleven wood, and a lot of loft. Got us thinking. You know, all right. Most most golfers are not probably going to be using an eleven wood. Um, seven woods pretty common out on the LPGA tour, starting to become more common on the PGA tour. But what kind of golfer could benefit from an eleven wood if they replaced <clears throat> if they replaced it where their five wood was or five iron was in the bag? You did some testing. What what did the testing prove? What kind of golfer benefits from an eleven wood? This was one of those uh, club switches by Michelle Wee West that you just had to test. Like, yeah, you see it. It's like, that's ridiculous. No one should ever play in 11 wood. She throws it in the bag. She says she likes it. Got to test it. Right to the range we go. So track down an 11 wood. Uh, came with like a regular flex shaft, which we can't have. So took it to true spec. We got dialed in with a graphite design to like engineered for true spec which is a pretty stiff shaft, right, Chris? Yeah. What do you know about that shaft? Now, did you get the, did you get the blue or did you get the silver? The, it's like the black. It's like kind of matte black, matte black with the, the silver finish on it. Yeah. 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 That's a, uh, that is a, uh, a pretty stout shaft. Yeah. But I didn't want to want the test to be like super unfair. Cause I have C taper one thirty X's in the iron shafts. You know what I mean? So if we're testing, a regular shaft versus that it's not gonna be fair at all so had to get dialed in took it to the range with the uh foresight sports gc quad to get some some data hit five uh premium golf balls not range balls because you know can't have that test uh being skewed with the with the range balls because we know that they spin a little bit weird they fly a little bit weird so nothing funky going on we use real balls off a of grass range i didn't tee it up and the number differences, the number differences were pretty wild. So I'm looking at the numbers here. So I'll kind of just go through and I'll, I'll read them real quick. For ball speed, the 11 wood was 10 miles per hour faster. Ball speed. Carry, though, it was 0.6 yards shorter than the 5 iron. Launch angle was a little bit higher, less than a degree. But the spin, the spin rate jumped 2500 rpm from the five iron to the 11 wood and then swing speed was up about 10 miles per hour with the fairway wood as expected i mean it's a little bit longer and then i mean my side spin i was hitting this thing on an absolute rope the 11 wood like going into this i was like am i even going to be able to hit the face I, I know the face is super small there's a lot of loft it's kind of a weird club to hit because you know it's like do i hit down on it do i sweep it no matter what I did, I hit it dead straight. People on Instagram, we, we posted these on, uh, posted the numbers on Instagram. That's at fully equipped golf on Instagram plug right there. But we did post the numbers over there. If you want to take a look, someone commented, uh, what about the miss hits? There were none. I posted all the numbers. I didn't get rid of any shots. I just left I, five shots each club. So if I like semi toed it a little bit, if I hit it one groove low, I left them all in there. Those are the average numbers. I just didn't miss. It's just the ball went straight up in the air. That's, like it flew like a pitching wedge or a nine iron. Yeah. It's it's the stability for me that blew me away from those numbers. How much yep. more stable it was than than a five iron, um, which you know a lot of golfers could benefit from. But if you play at a golf course with any semblance of win, 
any wind at all, it's, it's worthless. No Complete, any, any completely all, worthless. You're, you're done. Yeah. Any wind yeah. at all in that club is worthless to you. Anything um, over six miles per hour wind, really not worth it. But I'm like kind of a faster speed guy, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Like if you're a guy who kind of struggles getting the ball off the ground or your five iron tends to come in really hot to a green and you like – if you hit the front edge of the green and it rolls off the back, there's nothing else you could do. I mean, this is a great option, honestly. Like if if you're uh, – yeah, I mean, if you play in firm conditions all the time, it's also great. Just if there's wind, you got to watch out for that. But I would definitely you recommend gotta, trying definitely it. definitely got to watch out to like – Swap out and put your five iron back in the bag or a hybrid or something. It's probably. Not I would great. honestly recommend trying it though. Like when I stood over the eleven wood after hitting it a couple times, I was more confident that the ball would go straight than my five iron. You know that says a lot. People would never consider getting rid of their five iron, but I would say it's worth a worth a test. Maybe not an eleven wood, maybe a nine wood or a seven wood, but these clubs, I mean, they have they have a lot of benefit. If you if you struggle if you struggle to get the ball in the air, go get one of these clubs. It's no a, brainer. It's a, it's Literal no brainer. I see yeah. guys all the time. Like you go play a muni track, they're not even getting the five iron above head height. Yeah, you no. know they're that's not, not playable. That's not playable. It's not playable. Right. But it's a it's a pride thing. I feel like you know you you see a guy with yes. a seven or a nine or eleven, and you're like, oh man, this guy must be a hack. It's trying to it's trying to change golfers' perception of what a, what kind of golfer benefits from a certain club, and I think that's you know seven woods kind of one of those where I would even say if you saw a golfer with a seven wood, you're going, eh, I mean that that looks a little out of place in the bag, and now that you see tour pros using it, I feel like that's sort of changed how we look at seven woods, and it should probably be the same way. I mean, we. Uh, last week it was Matt Fitzpatrick was testing a nine wood at Augusta. Um, yep. I think he, he, he actually used one, the, the previous year at the PGA championship, it, you know, the tour pros don't care. They don't care if a golf club is, a, has a nine on it and it's a wood. The only thing that matters is it fits a gap in the bag and it does the job. You know, and whether it's a permanent club or course dependent club and golfers, rec golfers should be the exact same way. If a golf club works for you and you're better off putting an 11 wood in the bag because you struggle, as Tursky said, to get the ball above head height, put it in the bag. Don't be an idiot. Just, just, but go test it first. Make sure it's worth it to throw in the bag. Uh, because if you're a golfer like Tursky, a higher, a high speed guy, you know, you may see some more stability out of it, but the spin numbers might be off the charts, which makes it unusable. In I mean, if I kept that regular shaft in, I would have like 12,000 RPM of spin <laughs> on that. Say. You know? Fitting, yeah. fitting is so important when uh, you're experimenting because you yes. could try something that's completely wrong. It goes really bad. Then you're like, okay, well, 11 wood's trash. It's like, well, you didn't have the right shaft in it. You know, that's yeah. half That's half the battle of getting the right clubs in your bag. But yeah, I mean, it's us It's us insecure amateurs who are like, we're concerned about our egos that don't want to put in a 7-wood or an 11-wood or a bunch of rescues, whereas pros will throw it in. They don't care. You know, not, They'll go play the all. Masters with a 9-wood. They don't yeah. care at all. I, yeah. I had an opportunity to uh, to play around a golf a few years back uh, in a pro-am round with uh, Stan Utley, who I'm sure you guys Ooh. know is a kind of a local legend there in the, yep. uh, the Scottsdale Phoenix area. <clears throat> He's been on and off tour and in more tour events than yeah I can even recollect. But 
having an opportunity to play with him, he had a bag full of head covers and his proximity to the hole with his nine wood was better than pretty much anybody else in the group that was hitting iron at the same time into the greens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was scary. I think his longest iron in the bag at the time when I played with him was seven iron. And that's a tour professional that's longest iron in the bag, seven iron. It makes me really think I should just take the five iron out of the bag. Just done. No more five, no more four. Just <laughs> they're so much easier to hit. And if you can get dialed into the right the right club head for you, get that spin like, you know, manageable. Five I, irons I five, five irons iron. more difficult to hit than the fairway would. For me. Yeah, hundred percent. I pulled four sure. iron out of the bag a couple of years ago and I haven't I haven't looked back since then. Five iron's the longest iron in the bag for me and I'm uh, after looking at some of the results you had with the uh with the eleven wood there, I'm thinking about it. Right. I'm thinking about we're gonna have, it. We're gonna have a new convert. Love it But here's Let's the go. thing, I see the numbers, I know they're straighter. I know I should have a seven wood or something in the bag, but I'm still gonna play a, a three iron basically a blade a driving iron and a mini driver like i'm not going to make any changes it's crazy still, golfers are so weird santa fe putter his old his old beat up santa you know fe, that though he knows even though he knows it's not good for his game you 100%. know that 39 putts but i put it with the santa fe it's but great got the santa fe, got that santa fe. <laughs> oh my god oh man so we were we were talking in the pre-production show, and and I do feel bad as I bring it up because we we did get a lot of interest in doing a, a like a pre-show or a post-show. We got to figure out which one we're going to do there, but we got to figure out which one. We got to figure out how we're going to put it out too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we, maybe we just do it on like Instagram or um or clubhouse or something like that. I know clubhouse is pretty new. I don't know if it's, if it's open for public consumption yet, but maybe we do Instagram or, or one of those and, <laughs> and, uh, and do, do like a, do like a quick pre-show before, before we get to the pod. But one of the topics, I love this one that, uh, that Chris brought up was which was more impressive. Justin Rose's first round where he's two over through his first seven holes and goes nine under over the last 11. Or Hideki's finish to round three after the rain delay where I think he was six under over his last eight holes that gave him a four-shot cushion going into Sunday. I already know where everybody stands, but nobody else listening does. So where where are you planting your flag, Rosie or Hideki? Chris, Tursky, I feel like I kind of, I mean, I kind of have a hot take, I guess. Like the <laughs> Hideki's moment meant more to the <clears throat> tournament, but it was also way easier conditions. It was like the easiest Augusta National can possibly play straight, straight after a rain delay. Prior to that, the course was so difficult. The winds were high. The greens were firmed out, really baked, impossible. And Rose blitzed it after going two over. I mean, he's probably not feeling too good. And then you just reel off a bunch of birdies. It's like nuts. I mean, that was one of the best uh, best rounds on on that course in those conditions, like ever. That was incredible. Hideki, yeah, it set him up to win the Masters. But like, if we're talking about which one am I impressed more by, I would say Rose. No offense, Hideki. I- no, no offense, Hideki. I mean, he he played great, and it was fun to watch on Saturday. But 
at Tursky, I'm in agreement. I mean, the, the hardest conditions out there and looking at Rose's round in comparison to what the rest of the field did. I mean, it's, it's impressive to say the least. I mean, he, he picked the course apart surgically and scored when he needed to, how he needed to, and the shots that he was able to pull off and hit. And, and some of the putts that he hold in that, uh, that opening round, it was just impressive golf to watch under those conditions. So I thought I it was would. over. I thought it was over after that. Like I thought Rose was going to cruise to victory. Yeah, just, just didn't run away happen. with it. Wow. He's one of those players, though. You give him a, a cushion like that, he knows how to play smart. So I'm a little bit surprised. But Jay Wall, what do you got? I mean, I'll I'll go I'll go the opposite way. I'll say Hideki. You know, I know I know the conditions were good, but did you see which holes he birdied birdied right out of the gate coming back after the rain delay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Birdie's Talk eleven. 11, one of the toughest holes on the golf course. You're coming back cold. So that's pretty decent. Oh, and then, by the <laughs> way, he, he birdies 12. So he goes back-to-back on 11 and 12. And he still shoots six under by going with by making a par on 13. That's that's pretty freaking good to, to, go, to go birdie, birdie on 11 and 12 par on 13 which is probably one of those i mean if you're making par on 13 that's like losing a shot to the field and then you eagle 15 birdie 16 birdie 17 give them a four shot lead i know the conditions were were like night and day compared to when rosie was going through it on thursday but that's that's pretty damn good if you're if you're gonna birdie the holes in in eagle the the fifteenth. That's I, I'm on I'm moving day. To death. On moving day, pretty good, pretty good. So I'll, I'll, what I'll holes what holes did Rose birdie though? Hold on, let me look this up real quick. What holes did Rose birdie? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I mean almost all of them. I just yeah I just looked it up. He uh, eagle eight, birdie nine, birdie ten. Birdie 12, birdie 13, 15, 16, 17. You can't even get close to these holes, these pin, these pin locations when the greens are that firm. Let I'm alone make the putt. Thir- Thursday, Thursday at Augusta, pins are. I mean, they're, I wouldn't say they're. I wouldn't say they're gettable. Um, try, I'm trying to think like level of difficulty from for the pins that he's going after. Uh, I don't have the Thursday it's, pins memorized. It's still, it's I know still, the Sunday pins like by a, heart, like but <laughs> not the Thursday right? pins. They don't. They don't. They don't typically change all that much from from year to year. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's still it's still crazy impressive. I mean, eight eight's a really tough hold to, to eagle, especially going back up the hill. Um, nine, and that's when ten. players were players were coming off the course like complaining about how hard it was. Yeah, ten. We got to remember I, that I, part. And I and I agree. Ten ten's probably the one that's like, wow, he ends up birdieing ten, which is probably the toughest hole in the golf course. It's it's so difficult unless you're getting it all the way down the hill, your side hill lie, going to that green. It's not easy. Um, yeah, I'll, I mean it's it's very it's very close, but also give it to Hideki. But but I think he won he won the event, so that's all that really matters. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. You, you can you can make a case for for either. Um, before we get into this week's gear spotlight, couple of of just quick changes from last week that I wanted to discuss. Hideki changes out his ace putter, his Scotty Cameron Newport Two GSS, and goes to a 2012 
Newport to prototype. He actually made the change I found out at in Austin where we when I was I told you I was I saw Hideki with like six putters. Yeah. He was not he was not playing around. It five five's normal, six is like you're taking it to another level. He was doing and, his master's uh, homework in Austin. He, yeah, he was. It the interesting thing, and, and I I tried to highlight this in this week's uh, gear notes, was, you know, Tiger Woods was Hideki's boyhood idol growing up. And if you look at the changes that Hideki's made to his putter over the years, a lot of them mirror the changes that Tiger's made to his putter. You, you know, the GSS putter was one that was that was popularized by Tiger when he switched in 99. Um, after using the Terrellium, which, oh, by the way, Hideki used the Terrellium at one point. Yep. Um, and he also used, during, I guess it was two years ago at the PGA, he used a prototype version of a Newport 2 that I was told was based on Tigers, like spec, basically spec'd out. Mm-hmm. Same, same face height, same everything. And Hideki, of course, loved it. But there was an interesting change to this putter, this this 2012 version that Hideki used that that I don't think a lot of people, except for yours truly, noticed, which was the the Lampkin, the deep etched cord grip, the Tiger's now using. Hideki's now using it on his putter. I thought that was kind of cool. that is so funny. It's it's like it's a, again it's it's a Tiger esque putter that he uses to win the Masters. Same you know same head style, even down to the grip. Hideki switches the grip and goes from the Cameron version of the PP 58 ping that tiger uses on his grip. He was using a Cameron version of the pistol. Then he switches to the same cord. I love it. I Hideki it's that's his, that's his guy. Tiger's his guy. So you got to, he's all of us. If we had access to like the Scotty custom department, it's just like every week I'd be like, what's, what's tiger got? Let me get four of those. (laughs) Let let me get one. You know, he's just got free reign at uh, the Scotty Cameron galleries. It's great for sure. Very jealous. Uh, Adam Scott, so long to his 18 year old title of 680 forged irons. He swapped them out for a set of 620 MBs, pretty similar look and feel. So, you know, I guess Scotty's just at that point where he's ready to make a change. The interesting one that we, that we discussed on the previous pod, Bryson Shambo switched out his King LTD Cobra for a Cobra rad speed prototype. It had lead tape all over the place. And you guys laughed at me when <laughs> I told laughing. you that that lead tape on the sole and on the crown was there to act as a way to, to where to position the, the, in, the glue. And what happens? He shows up on Thursday and wears out the lead tape. I just can't oh. believe you were right. I was right. I mean, you want to know why I was right? Because I saw it. I saw it a couple weeks prior with Ricky Fowler. He showed up at the players with a rad speed had lead tape all over the, all over the sole. The following week, there was nothing there. And I was told that they had just repositioned the weight inside the head. So they didn't have to have the nasty looking lead tape on the outside. Bryson did the same thing. Um, you know, not, not a whole lot to, to speak of beyond that, you know, new driver. We might have some, some Bryson content. Well, te- let's tease that. Might have some Bryson content coming up. Ooh, we got good stuff coming up. We got some really good stuff coming up. Um, that that we'll be able to to get into, hopefully in the not too distant future. Other change that I do want to mention: Matt Kuchar. What the heck goes <laughs> this is goes from goes from lefty arm lock to righty arm lock with a Bettinardi BB8 triplane blade putter. I I'm like shocked. Like I would never think to go 
uh, like opposite arm arm lock. This putter had zero degrees aloft. Zero. I was just tied up like a pretzel trying the the right arm arm lock. It's I can't so imagine difficult. that being helpful. Yeah, that it's so that difficult. putter should come with a, a public service. Don't try this at home. I mean, we've talked about the left <laughs> arm arm, arm lock. We've talked about it being kind of difficult, like just normal. Then you throw in the right arm, and I I don't understand how it makes sense. Like you're always trying to get the right arm and the right hand out of the stroke. That's yeah. just that's adding more. That's it's, adding more right hand to it. I don't know. That's that's I mean, somebody we talking trying, about that. Trying to find it, a stroke, I think. That's the only way I could see right arm arm lock feasibly working is if you <laughs> flipped it around and putted side saddle with it. Like, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, see it right. Working. Yeah, yeah. I just, couldn't do it. Yeah, I agree. It it just it doesn't doesn't the physics of it. Would it? I'm surprised Bryson hasn't tried that. He probably he probably has, but he realized that it didn't work, and I'm sure Kucher will f- figure out the same thing. I'm sure he'll be yeah. back to the left arm arm lock, yeah. but sometimes you just got to switch it up. Try try something different for a couple weeks. Like a putter Who knows? Or or maybe he sticks with it and he wins next week, and then you know I could shut that's my mouth. What I, about that's it. what I want to see. Is it in the bag? <laughs> is it in the bag for RBC? Is it in the bag this week? What do you think? Yep, yes, that'll be the telltale sign. I'll say no. I'll personally. say no. Yeah, I don't I don't see it making it into play yet. No. Three I'm nos across it. the board. Let's hope he doesn't have it in or bad luck for fully equipped. Which means, which means he will have it in the bag. Yeah, it's definitely in the bag, <laughs> you're, and he's going to finish deep. top ten. Yeah, yeah. Dang yeah. it! <laughs> Most and... strokes gained putting over the field. <laughs> Blows out the field in strokes gained. Oh man! All right. Before we get to the gear spotlight this week, we wanted to share a message from our official sponsor, Fairway Jockey. From stock to custom shafts, clubs, grips, and more, Fairway Jockey is the destination for the golfer that wants an advantage. Visit fairwayjockey.com forward slash fully equipped. That's fairwayjockey.com forward slash fully equipped for 10% off our spotlight components. Fairway Jockey, custom equipment, premium build. The the last one I want to get to, and let's let's just segue right into this week's gear spotlight. This was this was a, a hot topic early in the week when photos surfaced of Justin Rose using a tailor-made 2017 M1 440. He actually had three M-series woods in the bag, driver three and five. Um, a lot of people were wondering what the heck is Justin Rose doing going back to, you know, he's a free agent now, so he can play what he wants, but why is he going back to the pre-twist face tailor-made drivers? And guess what? There's a story behind it, and it's pretty damn good. Chris, what's, what's the scoop on, on this driver? So I can I can tease this a little bit just because that uh, that combination that he ended up playing was actually a, a result of doing some testing in house with uh, our one of our guys that helps in the uh, the tour department with Truspec, Andy Victoriano. Uh, we're going to get him on the pod, so by the way. We we're getting him on the pod. We're going to get the the first hand account of of how that combination came together, along with uh, some of the other woods that that Jay Rose had to play at the Masters there. Uh, so Rosie's been a, uh, a friend of the, the Truspec family for several years. And prior to the masters, he was scheduled, scheduled to actually come down to Doral and do a, a fitting with Andy and, uh, kind of dial in some gear prior to Augusta. But as we know, he had a, a back injury and, uh, was still kind of recovering from that and was worried that he might 
potentially re-injure or not be able to compete in the Masters if he came out and did all of this testing before the Masters. So he had his caddy uh, bring down basically equipment that he was considering putting in play at Augusta. And from what Andy had told me, it was in the neighborhood of uh, over 40 clubs. <laughs> so he had... Uh, <laughs> He had wait say say that number again. Four zero over forty different 40. clubs. All right, good. He was like, the, bring uh, them all. Just correctly. just bring them all. Bring the pickup truck worth. So the not to uh, not not to call anybody out, but there was multiple manufacturers that had uh, provided basically driver three wood, five wood, some seven woods for Rosie to do some testing with. So and all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't say anything. Every there single was, brand. I, I did. There I'll was, say there it. Was we know. Multiple, we know. And not to include the uh, the older clubs that he was putting these new products up against, but there were six different sets of irons that needed to be blueprinted and spec checked and referenced to make sure everything was number one the spec that he wanted it to play at, and also. Uh, just to make sure that the the quality of the build was there across the board uh, before he would even consider putting it in play. So Andy uh, Andy was tasked with basically going through all of this product that was uh, the shafted, by the way, with the uh, the Tensei Orange. Uh, J Rose loves that shaft. So every all of it with the Tensei that, Orange. All of it with the Tensei Orange. Uh, every every wood that came to uh, came to Doral for for blueprinting was was shafted with the the Tensei Orange. Classic. So, uh, Andy spent quite a bit of time going through and loft and lying and weighing and checking frequencies and grip diameters and you know, basically going through these things top to bottom and creating a uh, a blueprint spreadsheet for uh, for Rosie to kind of go through, which helped him since he wasn't able to physically test all of that product that was kind of a preliminary screening for what he would test when, uh, when his back was healthy uh, prior to putting anything in play. So there was, there was some stuff that didn't even make the cut just based upon the quality of the build that was provided. So Such a good pretty story. interesting, but we'll, yeah. uh, we'll have Andy kind of take the deep dive into that since he was the one that, that put the man hours in going through that, that blueprint. Yeah, that's quite be... the process just even getting set up to do the testing i mean yeah there, there's there's a there's a lot to go, that goes into it um there was a story that i did a little over a year ago where i talked to rose and just he he i think of all the guys that i've spoken to over the years he's probably the closest i think to tiger in terms in terms of how meticulous he is about the build and the specs in the things that he can feel he's he's on he's on a completely another level I've, I've talked to other guys even just the positioning of the putter grip um the weight i mean tenths of a gram no, like no kidding the, very feel it, sensitive yeah very feel sensitive it's 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 on it's on another level and sometimes you wonder if guys are just kind of yanking your chain but I, I talk to others who've worked with him, and the, the stories check out. He he is very feel sensitive. But yeah, can't wait to get Andy on the show. He's also going to talk about some of the other guys he's worked with. We're not just going to get him on to to talk about Rosie. We'll 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 go deep with him and and have him talk about some other topics as well. 
but it is it is an interesting story again just the fact that you you rarely see guys go that far back with drivers nowadays you know if, if they're testing something it's usually within the last couple of years but you know not to say that 2017 is old i'm sure there are a lot of golfers out there are like hey i'm playing that driver man that's that's not old <laughs> that was a classic uh, driver though that was a great driver when it came out so yeah, we're gonna get some hate still is still is yeah Great, great, great driver. That and that whole we we talked about it before that whole M series uh, M one M two from from sixteen seventeen M two twenty sixteen. That's, that's arguably a, driver I mean, of the decade right there. Taylor Meads had some really strong yes. Taylor Meads had some really strong drivers over the years, but I would I would put I would put sixteen seventeen. It's it's definitely up there for me in, in terms. The fairway of woods were solid that generation too. I yeah, just really, were. really good. Oh yeah, they got an eleven wood. I'm in the I'm in the market. I mean, we, we could probably find. First he's gonna go on. E, he's going. He's heading to eBay right now to to go find him a a uh, an M series eleven wood. But yeah, I'm gonna be like Rose. Show up with uh, forty different eleven woods. Try them all. <laughs> let's 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 just let's just cap it right there. That that'll do it for this week's gear spotlight. As always, if you're looking for more gear news, you can check us out on social media. We're at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram and at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter. That's it for episode 86. Thanks as all for listening. We'll see you around.